Want to become famously influential to the right people? Then welcome to Microfamous. If you're driven to teach, train, and lead people, this is the place to learn how to use podcasting, guest interviews, and social media to become micro-famous. So while your competition is scattered, chaotic, and running from one shiny object to another, you're moving forward with confidence and clarity. The micro-famous strategy you'll learn here will help you build influence, attract an audience, convert them into clients you love, all with a minimum of time, effort, and energy. I'm your host, Matt Johnson, agency founder, author of Microfamous. And if you're ready to become famously influential to the right people, let's jump into the latest episode of Microfamous. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Microfamous podcast. Again, we live in strange and interesting times. Uh, we're doing another solo episode where we're going deep on a, a couple of concepts that I want to talk about today on why now is the time to go deep with the right people. I want to give you three things to think about. And, uh, and some of these things I, I cover in the book, and I want to cover them from a different angle and put them in a little bit of context here. Because right now, uh, we're seeing a little bit of a, and I think we'll see it even more over the coming months, uh, a shaking out uh, and people are getting clear on who the leaders are and who they look up to, uh, who are the real influencers are versus the ones that are just good at attracting attention um, because this is kind of where the rubber meets the road. When times get tough, uh, the people that are really well-respected, well-connected, uh, inf- have real enduring influence in their niche, they will win and everybody else will struggle yeah, especially if, uh, you know, depending on how long this thing draws out or what the long-term consequences are of kind of the economic shutdown of things. Um, but that's, that, that's one thing that I've noticed and, and I always looked out for, even starting years ago, was I wanted to surround myself with people that built real enduring influence. So I looked at how other people in their industry treated them, responded to them. I looked at who would speak up and and everybody else listened you know I, I i would watch people at events and watch who got you know mobbed basically in between sessions uh with people bombarding them with questions and looking for advice on their business greg harrelson is a guy like that um greg is a client we produce his podcast the level up podcast he's one of the best pure leaders of any industry i've ever run across and he's that guy when he shows up at an industry event when he speaks, people listen. They take action on his advice. Uh, he's that guy that's always busy in between sessions because he is sought after, right? People literally are seeking after. They show up with the intent to track him down in between sessions and, and ask him questions and then jump on that advice and they implement it. So if you want to be that kind of leader, and I think that's the leader that makes it through tough times like this, uh, then I want to give you three things to think about. So here's the first one. The larger and the more general the audience is, the harder it is to come up with a clear and compelling idea for them. Because people really want to follow leaders who deeply understand them and their problems. So they're going to naturally gravitate toward leaders who speak more specifically and offer more specific solutions. So if, if you're trying to find a clear and compelling idea for your business or for, your, for anything really, even for just a podcast, if you're trying to find a clear and compelling idea for something that has mass appeal, like there's a lot of boxes to check. It has to be authentic to you. It has to be aligned with the spirit of the times, the, you know, the so-called zeitgeist. That's a really tall order and few people pull it off. Even fewer find an idea that has mass appeal, which then doesn't turn around and end up being a fad. 
right? So think about Tom Peters and the book in the early 80s, In Search of Excellence, right? So he comes out of McKinsey, writes this book, In Search of Excellence. It's like the first business book to ever really hit mainstream popularity, shoots to the top of the New York Times bestseller list, you know, first time that's ever really happened. And it really spurned this whole new, uh, you know, this category of business books like into the public consciousness. Well, how many other consultants in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s have written books that, you know, weren't a drop in the ocean compared to the impact of that book, right? Excellence is still one of those business buzzwords that gets passed around. Now, you know, whether it's, whether it's super full of meaning or not, that's debatable, but um, it did make a huge impact on the business landscape for a long, long time because it tapped into the spirit of the times and it was aligned with what they were what Tom Peters and, and Waterman were researching at the time and doing with their consulting work. And it was all part of the flow of ideas that were coming out of the consulting profession. So it fit in and it aligned with the spirit of the times and it was authentic to them and it resonated with a lot of people and it took off and it stood the test of time. But a lot of other consultants and, uh, and business authors wrote books that, you know, that were essentially forgotten as soon as they came out, right? Or they got big for a little bit and then ended up being a fad and they went away. So uh, I don't want to be that. And I hope you don't want to either. I want real enduring influence. And so if you're, if you're focused on trying to reach a really general wide mass audience, even if you're just trying to hit the mainstream in your own niche, it's easy to get pulled off course and you end up having to water down your message, right? So that's what you don't want to, uh, to have. So there's a, there's another really good book. Um, which I might get to in a second. So I want to give you the second thing. So the larger the audience you try to speak to, the harder it is to hit the tipping point of influence, right? So, you know, studies on this vary, but it takes something like seven to 15 exposures, so to speak, or brand impressions for a new brand name to kind of show up on somebody's radar to the point where if they follow up with a, with a survey and ask them, hey, do you remember this brand name? They go, oh yeah, I've, I've heard of that. I've run across that. So seven to 15 impressions. So if you think about that, you know, you're on social media, you're doing your thing, or you've got your podcast, and maybe you're being a guest on podcasts, and you're kind of doing those things that we are, that we encourage you to do on this show, or that other coaches encourage you to do, maybe you're doing a bunch of Instagram stories or whatever. The bottom line is those same, that, that same dynamic applies to you, right? In order to reach somebody cold and have them remember who you are, we're talking seven to 15 exposures to your content. Now, on top of that, then they have to walk away with something that isn't just all over the place. It can be a scattered message, right? So if you're trying to speak to a bunch of people, but you end up delivering a bunch of different messages and ideas and concepts, it makes you even harder to be memorable because you're not, you're not driving around any sort of common theme that they can link you to. So they might go, oh yeah, like, mm, yeah, Matt Johnson sounds familiar, but I don't, yeah. And but if they ask you, well, okay, well, what does Matt Johnson do? If they went, mm, I don't really know. Well, then I haven't done my job, right? So either I'm the micro famous guy or I haven't done my job. So, so that's the, like, that's my goal. And I hope that's the goal for everyone in the listening audience, which is I want to, I want to hit that point, that tipping point of influence where the market agrees with me and goes, oh yeah, that's the micro famous guy. So that brings me back to my, the exact, the other example that I wanted to give you, which is a book that you may not have heard of, but was extremely influential in certain circles. And if you're not in these circles, this book might've got flown completely under your radar, even though it's spectacular and one of the best sales books I've ever read. And that's Predictable Revenue by Aaron Ross. That was an absolute landmark book, especially in B2B and startup circles. Um, but if he had tried to bring that kind of predictable revenue approach 
to the the wider sales landscape all at one time like entrepreneurs and individual salespeople, like he would have had to so massively water down the content of his book, right? He would have had to remove a lot of the concepts and the examples that made that book great to begin with. And then he would have had to go out into a wider audience and try to be visible to a huge group of people. But that's not what he did, right? He kept that book focused, right? It was intended for mostly for sales managers and to a lesser extent sales executives at B2B companies, to a lesser extent startups, right? He, he knew who his audience was and he managed to turn that book that later became and became the driving force behind uh, a seven figure one man consulting business, right? Selling to those, those medium sized B2B companies. Um, so, so the moral of that story is the, the best position to be in isn't to try to go after everybody because it's very difficult to come up with a clear and compelling idea that appeals to everybody. That's extremely difficult. So the more you drill down and really focus on going deep with the right people, it makes certain things easier. Now, that doesn't mean you'll, you'll end up signing autographs at the grocery store or, you're, or you'll be stopped at every single, you know, conference that you go to that's, at, you know, wealth building and personal development. And, you know, it doesn't mean you'll be mobbed in the halls at a Tony Robbins event. But the more you go deep with the right people, it, it makes certain things easier. It makes it easier to come up with a clear and compelling idea that resonates with them. It makes it easier to hit that tipping point of influence because you're focusing like a laser on a smaller group of people where you can be visible to them over and over and over and over again, driving home the same message over and over and over and over again to the point where they go, oh yeah, I remember that person. Yeah, they're the, they're the micro famous guy or they're the podcast guy or they're the strategy guy or they're the whatever guy, right? Like you want to, you want to be visible with a message that resonates and you want to be visible so much to a certain select group of people that they can't escape you. And that's very difficult to do if you're focusing on all kinds of different people, different niches, a whole bunch of niches or a whole bunch of like a mass audience at the same time. So that's, that's the first couple of things. So I want to move on then to the, la the last point I wanted to make, which is that attention doesn't translate to sales automatically. And this is a really tough pill for a lot of people to swallow. If you've been paying attention for years to guys like Gary Vaynerchuk, um, that's kind of a bedrock assumption is that attention equals sales. And so what you find a lot of times is the people that can't make that approach work are wildly confused and the only solution they have to something not working is more content because they think, well, attention equals sales. Therefore, if I'm not getting attention, then I must not, if I'm not getting sales, I must not be getting enough attention. Therefore, the answer is more content. Um, unfortunately, that's not true. And, and attention has never automatically translated into sales, right? Um, if you're not a big fan of, of Puma shoes, and you wear Nikes or Adidas, um, how much does it matter how much Puma stays in front of your face if they don't stand for something you agree with and you don't resonate with their brand, right? It's just the wrong, it's just the wrong branding for you. So it ends up getting ignored. Um, what's interesting about advertising online, and I think it was uh, Seth Godin that said this in his latest book, is that online advertising sounds amazing, except it's the single most ignored medium that has ever been invented for advertising on the planet. And so if you think that just by having a presence online and even throwing ad dollars behind it to get your message in front of more people, the idea that that's going to attract attention and then that attention translates into sales is just not reality. So if you focus on attracting millions of followers, um, a good question is, you know, what happens when you give them a call to action? And for a lot of people that do have, you know, tons and tons of followers and have a mainstream audience, unfortunately, 
for them, a lot of times when they give a call to action, it rolls right off the back of their audience. And, and that's not a fun place to be in, right? I've gotten a little bit of a taste of that with my first podcast in the real estate industry where we built a mainstream audience, and, but we didn't have a really clear and compelling idea for the coaching business that we wanted to start behind that, behind that podcast. And so we had to shift gears and, and experiment with quite a few things until we found the right monetization strategy. Because when we would recommend something, uh, because me and my co-host have wildly different views on things, we weren't coming at it from a combined, powerful, singular point of view. And so the audience had to kind of figure out where that call to action was coming from and who it was for and whether it was coming from me or my co-host and what does that mean for them and it just clouds the issue right we're trying to speak to too many different people and we're coming at it from two you know two different perspectives effectively and so we were able to gain attention but it didn't easily translate into sales we had to try a lot of different things to find what finally worked right so if you look at some of the people out there I guarantee you, once you start to become friends with, you know, some, some of the big influencers that you might look up to right now, uh, certainly some of the big podcasters that have big audiences, um, I can speak from experience with this, that some of the biggest podcasters in certain niches that I operate in behind the scenes have terrible times monetizing their audience and they are not having a fun time. Uh, a podcast is really, really awesome to run for the first six months to a year. Uh, even if you're not making any money at it, but at a certain point when you struggle to monetize and, and you give a call to action, which is then ignored, it is not fun. And it's an indication and a symptom that you haven't built real enduring influence. And that's not a very fun position to be in. So when you narrow your focus and you go after the right people and you focus on going deep with the right people, it prevents a lot of that from happening, right? It prevents that dynamic from happening. Um, it's very, very, very difficult to be someone like a Tony Robbins who has a wide audience, right? A general mainstream audience and a bunch of different niches and industries. And when he speaks, people genuinely listen, right? He's built up such a reputation over the previous, you know, 25 years or so that leading up to his book on, on money, Tony Robbins was not known as an expert on money, but we trusted that he did his research because he had a track record up until that point, right? So we all went out and, go and went, well, he's not a financial advisor, he's not a wealth manager, he's not a stock market guy, but certainly, but I trust him in a bunch of other stuff, so I'm gonna pick up his book on money and trust that it fits in with his point of view that I've been following for the last 20 years. And of course it did, and it worked, and it was fine. Um, but he's one of those few guys on the planet, guys or gals, that when they speak, to their mainstream audience, those people listen. And when they give them a call to action to go buy a book, they go buy the book, right? And it's a, that, is a, that is a hard position to get to, and it takes a lot of time and a, and a long established consistent track record. But if you focus on a smaller audience and you speak more deeply and more specifically to them, it makes that a lot easier. And you can be visible to those people a lot more often than the Tony Robbins and Gary Vaynerchuks of the world because you're speaking more deeply, more specifically, and you can come up with a clear and compelling idea that resonates with them at such a deep level that, that you're more memorable and you stick out. And then you can focus on being more visible to that smaller group of people so your efforts at being visible aren't spread out among so many different types of people. So those are the three points that I wanted to make today on why now is the time to go deep with the right people. Um, and I'll just finish up with this. Uh, 
just going deep on, on the right people, think beyond your content and look at the relationships as well. So look at the people that are in your world, the people that you want to sell to, the ideal clients, the potential down the road clients, uh, and the, the people that are in your audience that might never buy from you, but could be impacted by your message, right? Work on building deeper relationships with those people and give them a reason to talk about you. If that's not happening, um, that is a serious symptom that you may not have the messaging right, right? If, if, you're, if your first thought is, hey, this isn't growing, so let's go start spending ad dollars on it. Unless you're an older, established business, uh, that's a symptom that you probably don't have your messaging as clear and compelling as it should be, right? You haven't found that clear and compelling idea yet. Because if people aren't spreading the message for you, it means you're not saying something that, that speaks to them at such a deep level that they're compelled to learn more. And that's not a good sign. So, before you go and spend ad dollars, which obviously money's tight right now for a lot of folks anyway, so this is a great time to pull back, focus on the right people, go deep on the relationships, you know, reach out to people that you want to serve, start scheduling calls on the calendar, start interacting, engaging with them on social media, get into their lives, get into their heads, learn more about the conversation that's taking place in their heads. What problems are they wrestling with and struggling with? How can you speak into their lives and be helpful and be useful? And that should drive and help you refine and sharpen your clear and compelling idea to the point where you do have something that people start to spread for you. And then if you take an idea that is spreading already, and then you throw ad dollars and podcast appearances and maybe launch your own podcast on the back of that and you throw fuel onto the fire, then it has a chance of taking off like a rocket. So everything to me starts with the right people and a clear and compelling idea that speaks to them at a really, really deep level. So that's my two cents on why now is the time to go deep with the right people. Uh, if now is the time for you, for whatever reason, to launch a podcast, reach out to us. Uh, just go to pursuingresults.com. You can learn more about our service there. We've got a complete done-for-you podcasting service for coaches, consultants, and thought leaders. That includes uh, all the launch uh, and guest booking. So you can always check that out. Uh, and then make sure to get into the community. Um, if you want support, you want to connect with other emerging thought leaders that are like you, that are on the same journey to find the right people, find their clear and compelling idea, and then deliver that to the market over and over and over again until they hit that tipping point of influence, uh, go get into the Microfamous Facebook group. So just go to microfamousgroup.com. Uh, feel free if you're looking at uh, revitalizing or revamping uh, any of your programs, your courses, if you need help on naming uh, things or coming up with the titles of a program or a course or your book or your podcast or whatever, this is a great place full of people that want to help. Uh, and it's a great place to ask for that help and get that kind of support. So head over to microfamousgroup.com. Thanks again for listening. I so value your appreciate, you know, and, and appreciate your, your time, your attention um, in this period of time where it's easy to get distracted and unfocused. Uh, and it's hard to kind of declutter our minds from all the stuff that's going on. So I hope this has been uh, a little kind of oasis of clarity in the midst of a lot of confusion and uncertainty. So if it's been that for you, share it with somebody else uh, that you think it would be a benefit to them. And we'll see you on the next episode of Microfamous. Thanks for listening to the Microfamous podcast. If you're ready to become famously influential to the right people, connect with us at getmicrofamous.com. It's the best way to take the next step to implementing the Microfamous strategy in your business so you can attract an audience, build influence, and become the Microfamous leader you're meant to be. And we'll see you on the next episode.